Hi there, welcome back. <clears throat> Thanks for one, was it one thirty-six? Okay. Wow, man. Anyway, so um, imagine the feeling when I when I get a, a million. Let me fucking ride. Anyway, just as Thomas scandal gets worse, as new information revealed five hours ago. Ethical issues for Justice Clarence Thomas just get worse. Now, with the reporting that Harlan Crow's business was actually in front of the Supreme Court, which is a direct contradiction to what Justice Clarence Thomas said, that although he was accepting gifts, this was just a friend, and his friend had no business in front of the Supreme Court. My name is Dina Saigdal from Midas Touch Network. Let's break this down. So we all heard Justice Thomas's say that Harlan Crow didn't have business in front of the Supreme Court. But investigations show that the Harlan Crow holding company did have an appeal in front of the Supreme Court in 2004. An architecture firm was suing them. And ultimately, the Supreme Court sided with the Harlan Crow holding company. Now, the holding company according to them, only had a minority interest in the entity that it was affiliated with that was in front of the Supreme Court, that they didn't have control over that entity. But they don't say in the statement that they didn't have financial benefit from this company. You know, it's quite common for corporations to have, you know, minority stakes in other companies that they are affiliated with. They still financially benefit as a result of that minority stake, even if they don't control their subsidiary, essentially. And so even if they didn't control it, they certainly financially benefited from this fact that the Supreme Court sided with them instead of with this architecture firm. And Justice Thomas just said that Harlan Crow didn't have business in front of the Supreme Court. Even if you have a minority stake in the company, that's still business in front of the Supreme Court. Again, this just shows how much we need ethical standards for the Supreme Court. Unfortunately, Chief Justice Roberts has declined the Senate Judiciary Committee's invitation to come and talk about ethical standards for the Supreme Court. He sent a letter instead laying out how they are basically self-monitoring. This letter was signed by all nine justices, unfortunately. So this is going to be an uphill battle for Congress to be able to pass a law, but I think they should, requiring that the Supreme Court have to, at the minimum, follow the ethical standards that other federal judges have to. But what do we think about Donald Trump and his recent statement saying that if he is reelected, Corrupt practices. All nine Supreme Court justices signed that letter because they are all doing the same. A hundred sex crimes. 
Let's see here. All nine Supreme Court justices signed that letter because they are all doing the same, and they don't want to be caught out. <clears throat> All six justices who overturned Roe v. Wade charged with perjury. Like Jim Jordan and the GOP traitors. He planned to el no. <clears throat> charge them with perjury. Justices who overturned Roe v. Wade. So, as presidential candidate 2024, I have called on the Department of Justice to charge all six justices who overturned uh, with with perjury. V. Wade was settled law. Starry stasis. Lying under oath that it was settled law. Christopher Price. A justice in the mold of specifically Justice Scalia and Justice Clarence Thomas. Certainly, he doesn't <clears throat> mind the fact of the. that he had been advised by his colleagues exclamation point let's see the first remember Um, they actually get caught. He, Clarence Thomas said, Colleagues had advised him not to report millions in gifts from corporate lobbyists.
the other justices on the court, no doubt. Colleagues. He was advised by his colleagues. Gifts from corporate lobbyists. Gifts. Gifts. Man, Clarence Thomas, step down now. Step for press. Step for prayers. I demand Clarence Thomas step down now. <clears throat> um, let's see. From Glyphs from corporate lobbyists. I demand my stop step down now. Just for praise. Party. Unethical actions that are being revealed by Justice Thomas and the reporting about him. My administration will again adopt rock-solid constitutional conservatives to be federal bench justices and judges, but in the mold of Antonin Scalia and Justice Clarence Thomas, who, by the way, right now is under siege by the radical left. And interestingly enough, what's also kind of coming to light is Justice Scalia. He had something kind of similar happen to him. He went on a private jet along with then-Vice President Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney, as Vice President, had a case in front of the court, and there was this outcry of this being, again, unethical and appearance of impropriety that he went on the private jet. Interestingly, Justice Scalia, in defense of that, said that it was government money that was funding that private jet. He didn't even go as far as to be able to say that a private jet was just part of entertainment of a friend. Uh, even Justice Scalia had to say that it was government funding of the private jet. <clears throat> But it seems like we're really just even in the beginning of the reporting around Harlan Crow and Justice Clarence Thomas. Because documents have recently been leaked that Harlan Crow bought a passport for quite a large sum of money in the tax haven country of St. Kitts and St. Nevis. 
And what that means is that his financial transaction are kind of shielded by secrecy in those countries. And if he gave even more lavish gifts to Justice Clarence Thomas that are even harder to discover because of this. And so the investigation into Harlan Crow and his dealings are just beginning. And how is that then going to be revealed about maybe more involvement in Justice Clarence Thomas and what he accepted, when he accepted it, and how he accepted it. Now, it looks like the Senate Finance Committee may be bringing Harlan Crow in to talk to him about his dealing. And in that conversation, we may find out more unethical and perhaps even illegal violations of Justice Clarence Thomas. I think that all of this is showing, again, how important it is for there to be ethical standards. The credibility of the Supreme Court is what gives legitimacy to the Supreme Court. And how can these nine justices not abide by the same ethical guidelines that federal judges have to abide by? These kind of revelations, this appearance of impropriety, even if nothing actually happened, just even the appearance of impropriety, having this apparent conflict of interest, or this idea that you can maybe buy a Supreme Court justice is so undemocratic and so un-American that really we need to take congressional action in order to preserve the legitimacy and the credibility of our court. Hey Midas Mighty, love this report? Oh, Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. Keep what up. are you waiting for? Follow us now. Donald Trump was arrested and arraigned <laughs> this week in Manhattan. Nice. Now that the indictment has been unsealed and the statement of facts released, were there any surprises? What happens next? And how did Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans respond? Like you probably expected they would, despicably. We will discuss. Special Counsel Jack Smith had some big wins this week in his criminal investigation into Donald Trump. Former Vice President Mike Pence announced he would not be appealing a federal court order requiring his testimony before the Washington, D.C. grand jury. And the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals denied Donald Trump's appeal trying to block the testimony of his other former top aides under executive privilege and some other big wins by Jack Smith that we will discuss on this episode of Legal AF. Another major ruling was handed down by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals this week. The Court of Appeals reversed federal judge Carl Nichols, a Trump appointee's prior order, holding that the obstruction of official proceeding count could not be filed against January 6th insurrectionists, Three weeks except ago. in the narrowest of circumstances. This ruling by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals confirmed that federal prosecutors can bring this very powerful obstruction of an official proceeding charge um, and that the prior convictions of these charges will not be overturned, which could spell big trouble for Donald Trump as well. We will discuss. 
Speaking of Trump judges, a Trump judge, and I should add a man from the Northern District of Texas, issued a disgusting order on Friday blocking the FDA's approval of Mifepristone, the very safe abortion pill. And in the ruling, this Trump-appointed man judge said, Pregnancy is not dangerous. It's a normal physiological function that should not be subject to the administrative rule procedures from the year 2000. And within almost minutes, though, of that ruling, another judge, a judge in the state of Washington, who was appointed by President Obama, uh, made a conflicting ruling compelling the FDA to keep its authorization for this very safe drug. What are the implications for these dueling orders? We will discuss. And finally, right-wing Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas was exposed engaging in what could only be called despicable criminal conduct in a bombshell report by ProPublica. Um, he was caught taking millions of dollars in gifts over the course of many decades from a right-wing donor. We're talking about private jet flights. We're talking about trips on super yachts. We're talking about luxury vacations every single summer, partying with leak. Two zero two five one four two thousand. Their justices step down now. Face prosecution for corruption. Behind Roe and this letter. Prosecution for corruption. Face prosecution for corruption. Rackets hearing. <clears throat> of the Federalist Society. So what happens next there? What can be done? We will discuss that as well here on Legal AF. I'm Ben Marcellus, joined by Michael Popak. Michael Popak, how are you doing? I'm doing great. What an introduction. And uh, got a lot to cover, but because I follow some of the social media, I made in honor of Tim Russert <laughs> a whiteboard, which I posted on my social media. This just keeps track of we're going to need a bigger board. This is just where we are with Donald Trump so far. We're going to talk about, number one, Manhattan DA indictment already happened. We're talking about Fulton County, Georgia, which we expect to be an indictment in May. Boards. Three is Jack Smith and all his grand juries in the District of Columbia. Four is E. Jean Carroll civil rape case federal court in New York that's going to trial on April the 25th. 
five is the New York Attorney General $250 million civil fraud case going to trial in New York State Court on October the 2nd. And then at least two other major civil cases against Donald Trump involving Brian Sicknick, the former Capitol Police officer, and his, and his family under the KKK Act, and a civil fraud case involving things that Donald Trump and his family did when they were on The Celebrity Apprentice to sell uh, video phones that was a fraud that's also going against him. This is what this guy has to wake up every day and think about and look at. Yeah, you know, people were saying the wheels of justice, we talked about it, they move slower than sometimes we would like, but as we've been keeping the legal AFers informed about, they have been moving, you know, and something that's not on that board as well, because it doesn't directly relate to Trump, although it indirectly relates to Trump. Jury selection starts next week in Dominion's 1.6 billion dollar defamation case against Fox, right? April 13th will be the first day of jury selection there. We will, of course, be covering that on Legal AF. There, Rupert Murdoch tried to avoid testifying at trial in this past week. The judge says, I ain't gonna quash that if uh, Dominion wants Rupert Murdoch to testify and Lachlan Murdoch, they are going to testify. A very historic week indeed. Um, Donald Trump was arrested and he was arraigned. Finally, finally, there should be no one above the law. And this week demonstrated that very basic principle. There's nothing politicized about what Alvin Bragg did. What was politicized was the fact that for decades and decades and decades, Donald Trump was not brought to justice, that he got away with it, that the Republicans gave him political cover. And by the way, following his arrest, following his arraignment, um, leading up to it, the MAGA Republicans continue to do that, right? You have the House Judiciary Committee, the House Oversight Committee. You've got Jim Jordan, who's not even a licensed lawyer, who just like rolls up his sleeves and just starts yelling and screaming on TV about a bunch of nonsense. And James Comer, the head of the Oversight Committee, also not a lawyer. So two not licensed lawyers, although Jim Jordan at least went to law school, but two non-licensed lawyers continue to try to interfere. And by the way, I believe their conduct is criminal. Try to interfere with Alvin Bragg's now criminal case against Donald Trump. They subpoenaed Mark Pomerantz, who used to be an assistant special uh, DA under Cy Vance and who resigned under Alvin Bragg. They want Pomerantz to testify. They just subpoenaed Matt Colangelo, uh, who was a former DOJ official, top DOJ official, former official at the Attorney General's office as well in New York, and is a uh, deputy now as well uh, within the Manhattan District Attorney's office. So they want to subpoena all of the people who work for Alvin Bragg, and Alvin Bragg just issued a response saying, you'd better serve your constituents if like, you focused on real issues and stopped criminally interfering with the investigations that we're doing, and now a criminal case. This is an unprecedented effort by you to try to politicize and interfere with this. We prosecute falsifying business record cases every single day. 
here. And so that was some of the fallout. But Popak, why don't you go over, just, just were there any surprises to you in the way the arrest went down, the way the arraignment went down, what you saw in the indictment? Yeah. Maybe just talk about the indictment briefly as well. And, and any surprises other than when the police officer, when Donald Trump was exiting after he got arrested and fingerprinted, just uh, didn't hold the door for him and just let the door slam on, on, on Donald Trump? Any well, other surprises? Yeah, welcome okay. to New York. Trump. Yeah, a few that have come out, including some reporting. We got a transcript now, about 34 pages of what actually happened in the arraignment room, the courtroom with Judge Mashan, you and I, and your brothers and Karen and others. We were we were commentating, but we were getting a feed report from what was going on in the room, um, and now we know what happened in that room, and I want to describe that as well. Um, it starts at the beginning when they booked him. And they asked Trump what his profession was. And you would have thought as much time as he spends calling himself the president at 45, um, he responded that he, he didn't say uh, former president of the United States, president of the United States. He said businessman. He's already, already back to being just a, just a businessman. And then he gave his height and weight, six foot, six foot two and 240 pounds. So he, sh he got back to where he needed to be. Supposedly he tells people he's six three. I think on his, on his uh, mugshot that he's using for, for uh, grifting, for fundraising, it lists him as six five. So, but that's not true. So then he goes into the courtroom and we have to contrast Donald Trump before he got into the courtroom, social truthing all along um, and attacking the presiding judge, Judge Mershon, as a Trump-hating Democrat judge and family and all of that, and the attacks on Alvin Bragg, you, literally a photo of him with a baseball bat trying to brain Alvin, Alvin Bragg before he got in the courtroom, with what transpired in that 34 minutes or, or so in the courtroom, and then what he did in Mar-a-Lago, because in the courtroom, he was a small, little, whimpering man who just sat with hands folded, looking forlorn and angry at times, who didn't say anything at all. He shuffled papers. You got Joe, here's the picture we put up for those that are watching it. I'll describe it. You've got in the first chair, the new lawyer he's hired, Todd Blanche. He's, at, he's what we call the first chair lawyer. He'll probably be the lead trial lawyer for most of what's going on. Next to him, Susan Necklace, who lost his Trump organization or Trump cases against the Manhattan DA for 17 counts of felony fraud back in December. Then Donald Trump, then Joe Tacopina, he's got the seat usually reserved by a third level associate who has to sit on a witness or sit on a client and just keep him busy. He's not really having a major role. And then you've got this, the current Michael Cohen for um, Donald Trump. What I mean by that is the in-house Council year. Boris Epstein, who he himself has had his own phone picked up by the feds um, because he's part of a criminal investigation by Jack Smith. He also brought Todd Blanche, the new lawyer, to the, to the, to the game because he had represented represents Boris Epstein. So that's the motley crew that's sitting there. But oh, the reporting from it. 
Actually, okay, so if I were by I, uh, I'd say. I, the next, uh, Firebrand, I'd say, the, uh, the American public, the next, next mass shooting, I declare a national emergency and assault weapons get banned. them. Americans exist in a bubble. Buy them up. Then all the Second Amendment people. Right. 
sent me a link, Nikki. I have some trouble in this. Ron DeSantis signed a six-week plan in a veteran advocate for finding abortion in Florida. Florida Democrats on the front lines of DeSantis attacks freedom for people of color, women, and the LGBTQ community. What happens here could happen nationally. It's our job to make sure it doesn't. Um, Nikki. Um, tell people to call. Oh man, Muhammad. Nikki, Nikki Freed, Nikki. Two five one four comment line. Trista, it's getting full ring. No, it's an ASMR. Right. Just looking at my New York Times opinion. Um, Publica. Oh, NWPC retweeted four of my tweets. That's fucking awesome. Talk is cheap. Expand the courts now. Impose term limits on SCOTUS and Congress. Get on the phone and demand resignations from all six justices. Who overturned a woman's right to choose now? Enough talk, give us action now. Have women in Congress now. P.S. Defund Viagra.
NWPC forwarded my tweet. NWPC. Hello, I'm kind of a trashy record. Well, I should say thank you, Brandon. You're doing a good job. You saved us from the clutches of the Trumpzilla swamp monster. Oh no, Trumpzilla strikes again. <laughs> okay. Trumpzilla strikes again. No woman, no cry. Sit down with me and burn when we used to sit. Primary cost. Yeah, why do Republicans want to shut down TikTok? It's because, one, they have no. Thank you so much. Let's kick some ass. Some ass. <laughs> Times, NYT, Politics, NYT, World, NYT, Communications, Occupy Democrats, Washington Post Opinions, Popop, Watch Touch. I need to go outside and um, work on something while it's nice and cool. Criminal Division, Criminal. Let's cook some, shall we? Christopher Press. Pez. <coughs> Not Pez. Press. Party. Party, party, party. <laughs> Thank you.
Planned Parenthood. Okay. Gonna retweet. So I want to attach a song for them. Um, old white guy. When we need a woman. We need a woman press. We need a woman press. Politics, politics, go. 
U.S. Progressive, um, let's see, Women's March. NWPC, New York. Washington States. LA Metro Breaking New York Times Politico Rolling Stone oh, Mother Jones Politico Comedy Central. Uh, so why didn't you play something? Like, yeah, good points. Sorry, sorry, yo. Comedy, no. Comedy by Trista. Netflix is a joke. Rolling Stone. Did I do Mother Jones? Party. Saying to sound of the key. Can't uh, tag Rep Jayapal. Three more people, she has. Save our democracy. Mm, Michelle Obama. Lincoln Project. Okay, that's the limit. Okay, y'all still there? Wow, you are. What do you know? What do you know, indeed? What do you know? Okay, let's get back to the show and the wonderful day when Trump got arrested. Yeah. And then, other than one comment, uh, two comments that Donald Trump made, they were the following: You plead guilty or not guilty to the charges. Um, the, the, the judge having kicked it off with, let's get to the arraignment of, of Mr. Trump. That's how he kicked it off. So how do you plead? He said, not guilty. At the end, the judge, after listening to Chris Conroy, the Manhattan DA's office, 
um, after reading the indictment, say is um, we're worried about Mr. Trump and his attacks on prosecutors, prosecutors' families, the impact on the jury, the impact on the city at large. And having listened to that, judge said, look, um, First Amendment is important. You've got the right to speak. He looked at Trump and said, you are not allowed to incite civil disobedience and civil disorder. And I'm going to watch you carefully. I'm not going to put a gag order in place now. He also lectured the president, I'm sure, the disorder. Guilty. At the end, you're not guilty for the charges. Um, the, 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 the judge having kicked it off with, let's get to the arraignment of, of Mr. Trump. That's how he kicked it off. How do you plead? He said, not guilty. At the end, judge, after listening to Chris Conroy, the Manhattan DA's office, um, after reading the indictment, say, there's, um, we're worried about Mr. Trump and his attacks on prosecutors, prosecutors' families, the impact on the jury, the impact on the city at large. And having listened to that, judge said, look, um, First Amendment is important. You've got the right to speak. He looked at Trump and said, you are not allowed to incite civil disobedience and civil disorder. And I'm going to watch you carefully. I'm not going to put a gag order if you're not guilty courtroom. In other words, you're not guilty for the charges. Um, the, 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 the judge having kicked it off with, let's get to the arraignment of, of Mr. Trump. That's how he kicked it off. So how do you plead? He said, not guilty. At the end, judge, after listening to Chris Conroy, the Manhattan DA's office, um, after reading the indictment, say there's, um, we're worried about Mr. Trump and his attacks on prosecutors, prosecutors' families, the impact on the jury, the impact on the city at large. And having listened to that, judge said, look, um, First Amendment is important. You've got the right to speak. He looked at Trump and said, you are not allowed to incite civil disobedience and civil disorder. And I'm going to watch you carefully. I'm not going to put a gag order in place now. He also lectured the president, I'm sure, Trump, the former president, I'm sure Trump wasn't happy about it. And he said, if you are disruptive in my courtroom, in other words, you're not guilty for the charges. Um, the, 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 the judge having kicked it off with this um, after reading the indictment, say, there's, um, we're worried about Mr. Trump and his attacks on prosecutors, prosecutors' families, the impact on the jury, the impact on the city at large. And having listened to that, judge said, look, um, First Amendment is important. You've got the right to speak. He looked at Trump and said, Trump, the former president, I'm sure Trump wasn't happy about it. And he said, if you are disruptive in my courtroom, in other words, I'm in charge, not you. I will have no problem removing you from this courtroom. Do you understand? that and Trump said yes 
and, and I want you back in December, um, and we'll talk about the December date in a minute, which is the, new, the, the next time they'll all be back in front of the courtroom. Doesn't mean the next time anything's going to happen in the case. The next time they'll be together in the courtroom, and I'll talk about why it's December, why I think it's December. He said, uh, I understand your, your, your lawyers may want to have you zoom in. I got to treat you like any other criminal defendant, so I want you back here in December. Do you understand? He said, yes. And that was the end. Donald Trump you know, uh, acted a couple of times like, oh, I don't want to see the indictment. He handed it to Joe Tacopina. Uh, I'm, I'm above the indictment. I don't want to see it. Then he grabbed it back because he wanted to actually read what was in it. And then, it's, and then people are complaining, Ben, about uh, why December? Why December? Why is this going faster? Because the judge understands that there's got to be a... Out of motion practice and likely appeals in this case because of the um, the nature of the prosecution and the, frankly the nature of the defendant and so nine months between now and then allows the inevitable motion to dismiss the indictment practice the motion to attack the grand jury minutes and the in the entire charging process that was used by Alvin Bragg um, and then get through an appellate process one or two levels of appeal in New York, either the first level appeal of the first department for Manhattan, or the ultimate appeal for the highest level court in New York, court of appeals. And then that's about nine months. It takes about six or eight months to get all that done. And then let's be right back here in December. When all appeals are done. Indictment is, I've res, I resolved the indictment issues. They make a motion to move the case to Staten Island, and the judge, I'm sure, will deny it. Um, we'll watch Donald Trump to see if he needs to be gagged from now until then. So it's about the right amount of time. I know everybody's upset um, about, you know, let's go to trial in three months, but none of these cases are going to trial in three months. I just did a hot take on a, on a guy who interfered with the 2016 election and Hillary Clinton getting elected. He just got convicted in a court of law now, seven years later. So things are moving about as, as quickly as they need to. And there's a lot of work for both sides prosecution and defense between now and December. I think what the judge wants then, Judge Bershon wants, is he wants sort of everything cleared away and all he's got to do is deal with setting the trial and all of that. In the meantime, Trump leaves leaves the courtroom and goes right back at a press conference or whatever he did in that ballroom attacking the, the, uh, the judge, his, his surrogates attacking and doxing daughters of the judge and family members of the judge. And let me just leave it on this and turn it back to you. Most courts and most judges run for election. Some at the highest level in some states are appointed by the governor. But even that is political. Most judges, and in New York especially, Florida too, California I believe as well, run for office usually under a party flag. Either they're Democrats or Republicans or they're Hello. So to say he's a Democrat or then this prosecutor is also uh -huh. an elected position is a Democrat, <laughs> right. That doesn't mean you have to align only Republican prosecutors, as one of our producers said today, uh, Salty. Are we at the world now where only Republicans can prosecute Republicans and Republican judges can yeah, hear those cases are, and Democrats, Democrats? No, that's not how our justice system works. And I'm sorry that everybody's just waking up on the 
far, far MAGA right to understand that we have an elected judiciary where there are Democrats that serve in office as law enforcement, prosecutors, and on the bench, but that's the world that we live in. Just like we have to put up on the other side of the aisle with you know, Clarence Thomas, we'll talk about it later, you know, uh, being in bed with mega MAGA uh, donors for the last 20 years, along with his wife. And I'd push back on that slightly, though, because what we should have to deal with, it is okay that there are judges or, and justices who come from the side of Republicans. Because it is okay that there are judges and justices who come more Democrats, uh, who are backed by the Democratic Party. The issue with Clarence Thomas, though, of course, is that is exactly what should be avoided. That is not just an ethical, that not only is he appointed by a Republican, um, but the fact that he's receiving millions and millions of dollars in gifts from Republican donors, painting his ability to be a fair and impartial judge. I mean, set aside the mere fact that uh, the appearance of impropriety is something that should be avoided on the bench. You've got Justice Clarence Thomas just out there taking private jets and uh, private jet flights and, and super yacht trips to, to, you know, you know, traveling around on exotic islands and wearing T-shirts that has the name of the yacht, the Michaela, and going to these exclusive retreats like each and every each and every summer i mean and they're right there for those watching that's that's one of the ways ProPublica was able to identify this like clarence thomas he, uh, he wears the shirts of all of the summer trips that they go on that has a photo of the yacht so it would say the indonesia trip the greek island trip so on uh, and so forth in fact, I'll make this observation, too, about the December date and about the speed in which this Trump case is moving at. I can just say from my own experience, it's actually moving faster than other criminal cases that I'm aware about. You mentioned the case that was in the, uh, you know, that, that relates to election disinformation uh, in the Hillary Clinton election that now just went to trial. Um, I'm familiar with cases that five, seven, eight, ten years before they go to trial. And the judges now are on to Donald Trump's delay tactics, though. So they are moving these cases much quicker. I do not expect these Trump cases to go that far. Like, I would expect uh, this case to, you know, probably go to trial sometime in 2024. That December date, I think, is going to be a, a meaningful date and the court's going to have a very short leash, the same way uh, Judge Arthur Ngoron had a very short leash. Judge Arthur Ngoron, uh, another Manhattan judge in the uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James civil fraud case, who set a October 2nd, 2023 uh, trial date and said, this is etched in stone, you're not moving this at all, we know your dilatory and delay tactics, this ain't moving, and by the way, all of these dates actually line up very nicely because before that December hearing, what we're going to see going back to your whiteboard there, Popak, is you're going to have the E. Jean Carroll case and you're going to see a lot more of Donald Trump sitting in a court with his arms crossed like that um, because he's likely going to have to show up to that trial. Um, and then you're going to see the New York Attorney General Letitia James case as well um, where... 
that civil fraud case, there's a criminal investigation taking place as well um, by Alvin Bragg uh, into the, the criminal conduct about that. So depending on how the jury rules there, I think one of the things Alvin Bragg is waiting on for those bigger charges, the fraudulent valuation and